Now today, we're focusing on, as I said, Thanksgiving. And it seems to me that as holidays go, uh, Thanksgiving doesn't always get its fair fair shake, right? Uh, it comes right after Halloween and right before Christmas. It kind of gets squeezed, squeezed out. Yes, most of us are going to pause on Thursday. We're going to watch some football, fill ourselves with turkey and stuffing and cranberries and potatoes and pies. But then... Friday, Black Friday, the greed of consumerism will fill our hearts and Thanksgiving will be all but forgotten, right? Now my point isn't that we need to make a bigger deal out of Thanksgiving, the American holiday. My point is we need to make a a bigger deal about Thanksgiving, the biblical command. The Bible over and over commands us to give thanks to God. Here are just four examples, two from the Old Testament, two from the New Testament. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. This is in First Chronicles here, but it's that same exact, I mean, word for word, quote is over eight, I think ten times in the Old Testament. It says those same words. To give thanks to the Lord, for He's good. His steadfast love endures forever. Then enter, the, the verse from 100, Psalm 100 that Tom read this morning, enter into His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him, bless His name. Then from the New Testament, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ. i got that on a plate now. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. God's people, uh, we are clearly commanded to express genuine, heartfelt thanksgiving to God. And sometimes that's easy, right? When things are going well, when we're feeling his steadfast love, right? Thank him for his steadfast love. When we're entering into his courts, when we're together worshiping him, we're feeling his presence in our lives, when our hopes and dreams are being fulfilled, life's going well, when our prayers are being answered, when our, when our kids are healthy and doing well in school, when our marriage is solid and enjoyable, when our job is fulfilling and profitable, when our bills are paid, when there's money in the bank, at those times, it's natural to give thanks to God. But notice the the New Testament verses specifically say that we are to give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're commanded specifically to give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, we struggle to know the will of God in our lives. This is the will of God to give thanks in all circumstances. And just, and just so you know, I looked up those words in the Greek, always, everything, all circumstances. You know, I was uh, a little bit hoping for a loophole, you know, times, things I didn't have to give thanks for. And as you can probably guess, I didn't find any loopholes. Always means always. Everything means everything All circumstances mean all circumstances. We're commanded to thank God even when life isn't going as you'd hoped or dreamed or or planned or pictured. When your prayers are seemingly going unanswered. When your kids are sick or the report cards just aren't that awesome. When your marriage is in trouble. When your job is stressful or you don't even have a job. When your bills are past due and your bank account is empty. 
even in these and worse circumstances, we're commanded to give thanks to God. And today, I want to help us uh, through the Word of God to understand and obey, and and I pray even enjoy this command. It's my hope that through God's Word revealed to our hearts today, that we will grow, we as individuals, as a church, to be people who always give thanks to God for everything in all circumstances. That's the goal. And it's not an easy one. Because on our own, on our own, we have no hope of accomplishing it. We can't do it. But we're not on our own. And with God, all things are possible. Now that becomes clear as we look at our, our first point this morning. The first point is the prerequisite for thanksgiving. What's required? What must happen in our lives before we can always give thanks? Now, in one sense, there's no prerequisite to give thanks. Anyone can, and most people do, give thanks for the blessings in their lives. I mean, we talked about that a little bit this morning already. Whether they thank the God of the Bible or, or other gods, or spirits, or their own good fortune. Uh, there, there is some sense of gratitude when positive things happen in our lives. When my wife and I were in Thailand, it was common for our Buddhist uh, friends to go to the temple and give an offering, a thank you offering to Buddha, or their ancestors, or other spirits, whenever something positive happened in their, their life. I remember students going to the temple, it was final exams were over and they had done well and they're going to the temple to thank Buddha, their gods, for their their grades. Giving thanks for the blessings in our lives is, is normal. It's even a universal trait of humanity. But what about always giving thanks for the difficulties, for the struggles, for the pain? for the trials, for the suffering in our life. Now, now that's something we don't see a lot of. And I'm not talking about just saying words. The Bible is talking about actual, genuine, heartfelt thanksgiving in times of trouble. The word thanksgiving or giving thanks in the Greek includes not only the idea of expressing gratitude, it has that word grace in the middle, in the middle of it, it's grace and it has joy. It's like this compound word. And it, it includes the idea of feeling thankful. God commands us uh, to feel thankful. How can He do that? How can He command us to have any kind of feeling? Well, He commands us to have a, a lot of feelings if you read the Bible. To love, to, to rejoice, to have joy. How can He do that? To feel thankful in the midst of difficult, painful circumstances is humanly speaking impossible unless you've met the prerequisite. Unless something has taken place in our life before the difficulty. Now you might think the prerequisite is simply uh, having faith in Jesus Christ. You must be a believer, uh, you must be a Christian before you can uh, uh, thank God in difficulty. And that's certainly part of it. Look at Ephesians 5.20. It says, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are to thank God always for everything in the name of our Lord. And our Lord is Jesus. So, so clearly this command is for believers in Christ. Those who've trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, given their lives to Christ. But as you know, uh, 
I speak with some confidence here. As you know, probably firsthand, believers, we, Christians, don't always give thanks for everything in all circumstances. When things don't go our way, we can grumble and we can complain. We can get angry with the best of them. You should have seen me last week when Christine and I arrived at the Ronald Reagan Library and we got into the parking lot driving around and there's 20 other cars driving around with us and there's no parking and we have to get into the library. Just stress and frustration. Not a lot of thanksgiving going on. We did eventually get in, by the way. But we didn't get a parking spot in that parking lot. We had to drive down the street. Anyway, that's another story. But I was not thanking God. I was not thanking anybody that there was no parking spot there. I was frustrated and irritated. My wife can tell you about that if you want to ask her later. So what was I missing? What prerequisite had I failed to meet? Well, the answer, the prerequisite, is found if we back up a little bit from Ephesians 5.20 to 5.18 and we get the context. Uh, Paul isn't just writing in a vacuum here, this command to give thanks. There's context. He says in verse 18, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The context of giving thanks always for everything is a filling of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit of God. Or, or if you've studied this before, be being filled. It's a, it's a present continuous verb there. It's, it's a continual process of being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is not a, a one-time thing. It's a continual process in the life of a believer. Now, we don't have time this morning to go into a discussion of everything it means to be filled with the Spirit. We've done that in the past. But I think Andrew Murray, in his book, uh, Aptly Tired, Absolute Surrender, gives us the idea. He writes, being filled with the Spirit is simply this, having my whole nature yielded to His power. When the whole soul is yielded to the Holy Spirit, God Himself will fill it. Our part is yielding submitting, surrendering ourselves to God. And God's part is then in turn to fill us with His Spirit. If we're holding on to things in our own life, if we've filled our lives with other things, God cannot fill us with His Spirit. But if we let go, let go of the things we've filled our lives with, He can fill us with His Spirit. And it's when we're filled with the Spirit that we can then trust and we can thank God even in the most difficult circumstances in our lives. So when you're having difficulty being thankful for that irritating person or problem in your life, it's a sign, it's a definite sign that you're not being filled with the Spirit. I was not filled with the Spirit at the Ronald Reagan Library parking lot. Later I got filled and stuff. But, and so in those times... In those times, we must do our part. We must go to God in humble, submissive prayer, asking Him for forgiveness, to not be thankful. If you're commanded to be thankful and you're not thankful, then it's sin. Asking God first for forgiveness for our disobedience to His command to always give thanks. And in submission, inviting Him 
releasing the things in our life and inviting Him to fill us with His Spirit. Then in the power of the Spirit, we can trust and thank God even in times of great difficulty. Now the question then becomes, how does the Spirit enable me, once He's filling me, what does He do in me that enables me to give thanks? And I believe the answer is that the Spirit, through God's Word, And through his work in our life, gives us a different outlook on life. That's really our second point, the perspective of thanksgiving. As we, in submission to God, as we're filled with his spirit, he opens our eyes. He opens our heart to a new and a a true way of looking at reality. A different perspective, a different outlook. Yes, we see the blessings of this life And we can and we should be thankful for them. Health and jobs and marriage and children and family and friends and freedom. And on and on, the blessings that God gives us are immense. But we can't stop there. If we do, then we're just like everyone else. Everyone who thanks God or or someone or, or something for the blessings they receive. If we only thank God for the temporal blessings of this life, then we reveal that we have a, an outlook that's been distorted, a perspective that isn't biblical. We're, we aren't seeing things the way they truly are. If this Thursday you go around the table listing the things that you're thankful for, and I hope you do, and your list is just limited to the temporal things of this life, then your perspective, how you see reality, is a little bit out of whack. It's a little bit lacking. God commands and the Spirit empowers us to always thank Him for everything in all circumstances. This includes when we have trouble with our health and our job and our marriage and our children, our family, our friends, our freedom. And it's not that God just wants us to verbally thank Him in times of difficulty to prove that we can do it. He wants us to have a different perspective, a a different understanding of reality than those in the world around us, a correct understanding that will impact our emotions. This is how He can command us to have emotions because He'll work and change and transform our emotions. A correct understanding that drives us to thanksgiving, knowing that the temporal difficulties of this world are nothing compared to what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do in your life throughout all eternity, if you trust in Him. The truth is that when we understand the nature of our existence in Christ, if we understand the nature of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, what it means to be a child of God, then our perspective on everything has to change. God is not just saying, be grateful to me no matter your circumstances, even when, if I can, uh, even when your life sucks, just buck up, thank me anyway. God is saying, Christian, if you're filled with the Spirit, if you're having the right perspective, you'll know in your heart of hearts that your life in Christ never sucks. That your life in Christ transcends all your problems, all your circumstances. Paul says this very thing. 
He writes to the Corinthians for, for this light, momentary affliction. And he's not talking about, he's talking about some, what we would call some major stuff, but he calls them light and momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, a totally different perspective. For the things that are seen are transient, temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Eternal. Forever. That's the perspective we need to have. God wants us to have a different perspective, to see beyond the affliction of this world. And to look to the eternal weight of glory. Just the immense, the glory of God. And and the Scripture promises we share in that glory. To see beyond the the seen things of this world and trust in the unseen things of the world to come. For us to always thank God for everything in all circumstances, we must not have a transient, a, a temporal perspective, but an eternal one. We have to have eternity in our hearts. That's what we find throughout the Bible. Verse after verse, story after story, parable after parable is designed to instill eternity in our hearts to help us think beyond our temporal life on earth and think about the eternal life with God. Let me just give a few examples where thanksgiving goes beyond the earthly and the temporal and focuses on the heavenly and the eternal. In Psalm 118, 18 to 21, the psalmist writes, Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The the righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The psalmist is thinking beyond the difficulties of this world in his life and rightly praying that God will open the heavenly gates. The gates that only the righteous will enter through. And he thanks God who has become his salvation. He thanks God who provides for him his righteousness. That's what we've been talking about in Romans, right? That we're justified, that we receive the righteousness of God. And that's what David, or the psalmist, I'm not sure it's David here, is thanking God for, that that he might be saved and enter the gates of righteousness. Paul expresses a similar thing in Romans 7, 24 and 25. Wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. In this temporal world, we experience our own wretchedness. But thanks be to God who through Jesus Christ has and will permanently one day deliver us from our wretchedness. As we face difficulties and suffering and pain in this world, sometimes caused by our own wretchedness, we can thank God for their temporal nature. We can thank God that He will deliver us into eternal life, into His presence, into glory. To the Colossians, Paul writes, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you, I love that word qualified, to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Think beyond this life and give thanks to God that you've been qualified, that you've been saved to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. You qualify to receive eternal joy in the presence of God. That's the perspective that transcends and enables you to thank God in the midst of pain in this life. In Christ, we can handle and overcome the momentary trials in this world. 
Even in the darkest circumstances, if we trust in what God has promised for our future, we can give thanks for everything He gives us in the present. This may sound simple, but the next time you're in the midst of a a difficult situation, you're, you're struggling, you feel no thanks. There's no thanksgiving in your heart. You need to pause and not not only just pray and and I first pray that God would uh, fill you with His Spirit, confess your sin and pray that God would fill you with His Spirit, but also pause and and remember, think about the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, who hung on that cross and who gave His life for you. It's been my experience that when I do that, I, I gain a, a greater perspective. It sort of, sort of lifts you above the difficult circumstances. I'm no longer consumed by the difficulty I'm facing, but I'm consumed with gratitude for the one who, who has and who will save me from the pain and the sorrows and the struggles of this life. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not, I'm not saying, and the Bible doesn't teach, that, that we go through life never acknowledging pain or suffering. Never acknowledging the the difficulties we experience. Only thinking about heaven. Never thinking about the things of this world. That's not what Paul does. In the same passage that he says, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, just a few verses before, before he says, be filled with the Spirit, he says, look carefully then, in verse 15, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Paul's not naive about his world. He says the days are evil. And he knew this firsthand. Like us, he wrestled with his own sin and he felt the sins of others as he was stoned and beaten with rods and imprisoned a number of times. He went without food and clothes and shelter. He was harassed in almost every city he went to, never knowing when his life might be taken. And on top of all that, he suffered some chronic, we're not sure what it was, some chronic ailment that God would not remove no matter how hard Paul prayed. And so when Paul gets to verse 20 of of Ephesians 5, he's, he's not in some dream world where all is easy and everyone's healthy and everyone's holy. He's not telling us to do, some, to, to do any more than the Lord has given him the grace to do. He's, he's asking us to trust in the Lord and to have an eternal perspective of thanksgiving, to always be thankful for everything in all circumstances. We see this perspective illustrated in the life of a, a woman named Corey Tinboom. Maybe you're familiar with her. She lived during one of the, the most evil times in human history. She was a Dutch Christian woman who along with her entire family was arrested in 1944 for helping Jews escape capture, uh, helping Jews escape being captured by the Germans. Corey and her sister Betsy were taken to Ravensbrück concentration camp in Germany. They stayed in barracks number 28, which was infested with fleas. One night, uh, they read 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Give thanks in all circumstances. And Corey's sister sister Betsy said, God wants us to thank him for the fleas. Corey said, no way. That's taking religion just a bit too far. I'm not going to thank God for these infernal fleas. 
After a while, the nightly Bible studies attracted more and more women. Corey started wondering if they were going to get caught. She asked one of the women, why don't the Nazis ever come in and check on us? The woman said, it's because of the fleas. They won't come near this place for that reason. Corey replied, thank God for the fleas. Corey's sister Betsy, who, who died in that concentration camp, is the true example here. Even before understanding God's purpose, she was willing, and, and apparently with full heart, to trust God and thank Him for these circumstances, for these fleas. I think Betsy understood what James was teaching. He opens his epistle with these words, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various tri- trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfast, steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Rejoice in your trials because they test your faith. And as your faith is, is proven real, you become steadfast and firm, solid, grounded, secure in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And this, over time, makes you complete, lacking nothing. God uses the trials and suffering and sorrow of, his, of this world to transform your life, to grow you in, into mature, productive followers of Jesus Christ. And therefore, we can thank God for even our suffering, our trials. It's often our suffering, I've noticed this in my life, that drives us to God. If life were, were perfect, many of us would forget just how much we need Jesus. As I look back on my life, I can see that, that it was during these times, times of difficulty that I grew the most. Times of difficulty when my faith was tested, when I didn't know what to do, when all I could do was uh, maybe utter a few words of prayer. Maybe open my Bible and read. It was in in those difficult times that God proved His presence. And I grew in faith. Thank God who works through the trials of this life. And this isn't just looking at the world through uh, rose-colored glasses. It's looking through the the world, through life, through biblical glasses, through uh, Romans 8.28 glasses. Where Paul writes, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. We can always thank God for everything in all circumstances because he's always working. He's always working everything and every circumstance together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We may may not know exactly what God is doing but we can always thank Him. We can always say a prayer. I mean, let's, let's just pray, pray with me even, even now. God, I, I love You. And I trust You. Even though I have no idea why You've allowed or, or caused this terrible, tragic, painful thing to be part of my life. Maybe think even now in Your own life. What are the difficulties, the pain, the sorrow that You're enduring? I thank you because I I believe that in your sovereignty and grace and mercy, your steadfast love, that this difficulty will work for good in my life. It will be used for your purposes. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I sincerely thank you. Amen. This is 
the perspective and the prayer. You want another P of thanksgiving that we, we have to have. This is the perspective that causes us to yield our, our life to God and be filled with His Spirit. And when we have that perspective, it should lead us to our, our next point, to proclamation, to the proclamation of thanksgiving. Giving thanks to God is not something we do only in our heart. Giving thanks to God should be expressed publicly. It's a public event. The psalmist knew this. Throughout the the Psalms, we give thanks to God. And and just two examples, Psalm 105.1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Psalm 35.18, I will thank you in the great congregation, in the mighty throng, I will praise you. We're to give thanks to God and make His deeds known among the peoples. We're to thank Him in the great congregation, among throngs of people. Why is it important to proclaim our thanksgiving out loud in the presence of others? Why does God command us to always be thankful for everything in all circumstances? Well, like all of God's commands, there's a purpose behind it. And that's our final point this morning, the purpose of thanksgiving. Now, like uh, Corey Tinboom, we, we might not always see the exact purpose for the difficulties in our life. We might not know why we've got these fleas. But we can see the purpose of thanksgiving. We can see beyond the circumstance and see the purpose for being thankful even for the circumstance. First, thanksgiving glorifies God. Thanksgiving glorifies God. This is maybe the most important uh, part of this message today. When you're thankful, God is glorified. When you're thankful to God, He's glorified. 2 Corinthians 4.15 For it is all for your sake, Paul writes to God, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. As grace extends to more and more people, as God's unmerited favor is proclaimed and received by the peoples of this earth, thanksgiving to God increases. People see who He is. They see what He's done. They experience His grace in their lives and He's glorified. And this is especially true when, when we thank Him for the difficulties in our life. How is that? Because this shows that God is bigger and God is better and God is stronger than all the pain and sorrow that we suffer from. It shows that His presence is greater than the presence of sorrow and suffering. It shows that His work in our life is worthy of the struggles and the hardship. Put simply, when we thank God for difficulties, it makes Him look great. He's bigger than our difficulties. And it brings Him glory. So thanksgiving glorifies God and thanksgiving is good for people. When we proclaim thankfulness, when we say we're thankful to God, when we say that among the peoples to, to our friends and our family and our co-workers and our neighbors, when we tell of God's mighty deeds, I believe that it's one of the best ways for a non-believer to come to know the Lord, to come to in, be interested in the Lord, to seek after the Lord. I want, wow, that, that God that you have is amazing. I want to know more about Him. And it also, for believers, it's an encouragement in our relationships with the Lord as we hear others thanking Him. When we're able, not in a glib way, but in a sincere way to thank God even in the difficulties in our life. 
Acknowledging their pain, but thanking God for His presence. Thanking God that He's at at work in our trouble. I believe this is one of the greatest testimonies to who God is and how He can impact the lives of others. Proclaiming our thankfulness to God is a beautiful form of encouragement and evangelism. It's good for those who hear us being thankful to God. It's good for others. And at the same time, it's also good for us. There's something within us. God's made us this way. There's something within us that's helped, that's encouraged when we give thanks. When we give genuine thanks. I came to understand this in a a strange way, I think, when I was learning the, the Thai language, when we were missionaries in Thailand. One of the first phrases you learn when you're learning any language, hello, goodbye, thank you. And so, thank you in Thai is, is kap kun kap. Say that with, no, just kidding. You don't, you, but the thing I found interesting was often after I would say kap kun kap to a Thai person, obviously, I would follow it, it, it by saying very quietly under my breath, thank you. Kap kun kap, thank you. Uh, thank you. I couldn't stop. It was like I couldn't help myself. I, did, I didn't do it with any other word or phrase. Just thank you. You see, there's something in us that needs to express gratitude. And since Thai was, was not my first language, not my heart language, saying kapkun kap didn't make me feel that I had expressed gratitude. I had to say it, even though the, I didn't even necessarily want them to hear it. I had to say the words. Even though I said the right Thai words, which was not always the case, uh, I didn't feel the right feeling. Now, eventually, after saying it many times, I got the feeling even when I was saying the, the Thai words. But my point is that God has created us to be thankful people, to express our thankfulness. That's certainly part of the reason why He commands us to be thankful always uh, in all circumstances because He knows giving thanks is is good and necessary for us. Psychologists tell us that sincere gratitude, thanksgiving, is is the healthiest of human emotions. Hans, I think his last, Selly, who is considered the father of stress studies, has said that gratitude produces more positive emotional energy than any other attitude in life. The Apostle Paul years ago put it this way. This is what Jim preached on on last week. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Notice that Paul is talking about difficulties in life. Things that cause anxiety. And he says, the way to rid ourselves of anxiety is through prayer and thanksgiving. Through laying your burdens at God's feet and thanking Him for everything, even the things that are causing you anxiety. And when we do that, we gain a new understanding. We gain a a greater perspective. We can, in the power of the Spirit, transcend our circumstances and experience this peace of God. Peace that doesn't depend on circumstances, but depends on the power of God working in our life. And isn't that what we all want to experience? Not only this Thanksgiving day, but throughout our entire lives. Don't we want to transcend our circumstances and experience the peace of God? 
Don't we want to be those people who aren't, whose feathers aren't ruffled so easily? Who don't get frustrated so quickly? Those are the kind, that's what I want to be like. That's what I want to, who I want to grow up to be. Don't we want to have the kind of trust that enables us to thank God even for the fleas? To always thank God for everything in all circumstances. And so today, as we close our service, so I just want to give you maybe a, a, an opportunity. Again, you can thank Him for, for the blessings in your life. That's always appropriate. But can... Can a few of us, in faith, without even knowing the reason, thank Him for difficulties? For the difficulties you're experiencing maybe right now. Maybe, maybe there are a few people who'd, who'd stand and in faith thank God for a difficult circumstance. Or maybe there are some of you who have, who've gone through a difficulty and who have uh, seen how God was working. You didn't see it then, but you see it now, and you could share that with us, and, and we could thank God with you. Because when we thank God for the difficulties in our life, I think more than anything, He is glorified, and we, and we are helped. It, helps, it helps us as a body, and it helps us as people, as individuals. So is there anyone that has something they'd like to share? Just thanking God for a difficulty in life. Sharon? Sharon?